Welcome to the Chasing Thoughts podcast. Chasing Thoughts was founded by strangers, two life coaches who met on TikTok and shared the desire to create a different kind of life coaching podcast. Instead of talking about how to do it right, the Chasing Thoughts podcast explores embracing our true essence to find a deeper sense of purpose and fulfillment. Life coaches Keith and Mindy take a unique approach that transcends popular notions of perpetual happiness and striving relentlessly to become one's ideal self. Listen in as Mindy, Keith, and their guests take a deep dive into their own minds and souls to investigate the beauty of imperfection, challenge their beliefs, and embrace the richness of living a truly authentic life. Hi, my name is Keith, and I'm a strategic interventionist and stoner-spirited life coach. Hi, my name is Mindy, and I am an authenticity empowerment coach. Welcome to Chasing Thoughts. Hey, Keith. Hey, how you doing? (laughs) Okay. So our first podcast on Mushrooms exploring life <laughs> it was so funny I said to you a couple of days ago you know let's do this thing where we just pull a word out of the hat and then or a concept and say what we think about it right see what comes up and then about 15 minutes ago I was thinking and before we pull each word we need just one big deep breath and let it out, right? It's like a palate cleanser between <laughs> thoughts, right? Okay, what are we gonna talk about next? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been I've been so looking forward to this, and and then um, I, I got like so nervous this morning for some reason, you know, because this is this is so far outside of that comfort zone um, that we were talking about. Oh, totally. Me too. I mean, I am an introvert. So if I'm at a party where people are doing drugs, I'm like, can I get my share to go? Like, I'm just going to go home. (laughs) That's the kind of person I am, right? I spend a lot of time alone and I love it. Yeah. (laughs) So this idea of not only like engaging with someone else, you and I are practically strangers still, right? But then doing it in a public form and being witness, like all of it, just way outside my comfort zone. Yeah. Yeah, this is going to be interesting. Yeah, and I'll probably, I already like, no, okay, after I post this, I'm going to have a vulnerability hangover. That's okay. I'm going to feel like, you know, taking it back off the internet for, you know, five or 10 days (laughs) (laughs) or judging on the comments. Should I take it off? Should I leave? And then going, no, you don't base your life on other people, right? Like the whole process, just really thinking it through, which for me... I'm like a super brainy thinker person. That's yeah. what I have to do to like, you know, prepare. I was thinking yeah. through, I know it's coming down the road for me with my personal growth. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be interesting to see um, the reaction, you know, what people say. And I, I talked once on TikTok about, um, about mushrooms and I had, people you know talking about addiction all kinds of stuff you know one guy i wanted me to go to church to get saved um you know stuff but i I was thinking about it after i took it you know we we see this small bit of reality in the visual light spectrum and there's we've been able to develop technologies that other animals like can can see in different wavelengths 
but we've been able to develop technologies so that we can see in all these different wavelengths of the entire light spectrum. And then we have, you know, this plant that allows us to open up our minds to, to a broader spectrum of, of consciousness. Um, and that's why I just love this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I watched the show you recommended last night. We say what it's called. Cause I can't think of what it's called. Right <laughs> now. Uh, how to change your mind. Um, yeah. yeah. How to change your mind. And I just, I loved it so much. And I watched episode two and I was like crying for half the episode. Like it was just so moving. And the, this idea that I think a lot of us struggle right now with the state of the world and like, Ooh, like how can I hope for the future? But this, this gives me hope for the future. I'm like, wait, like people could heal and heal and heal. And we're actually legalizing it. Like this could happen. And then I yeah. feel so much excitement in my body because it's big. It's really big. Like the it's, fact that people yeah. can take mushrooms and peel in like one dose. That's crazy. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I love the, the doctor that began experimenting with psilocybin and then it was le um, made illegal and kept that hope that in his lifetime, mm -hmm. you know, um, he would see the resurgence of, of the, the therapy with it. And, and now that's happening. And he's part of that again, like that. Yeah. The stories on there were, were just amazing. Um, the, the potential that, that this stuff has, you know, and as I have like that special place in my heart for, you know, for veterans, you know, being one, I, I know the, um, when I went to the VA to see if I can get on a study for this, they, they just laughed at me, you know, um, but they spend billions on medicine that's been proven to be as good as a placebo in treating PTSD. And then you have something like this and it's, you know, no, no, you can't do it. Can't right. Do something it. like this, that's actually backed by science right? Like you can see all the data tables about how it worked and they've done all the case studies and yet still there's this resistance, right? To an yeah. organization. That's crazy. Yeah. And, and to me, it just shows like the motivating factor is not about patient care, but it's about the, the, the bottom line, the dollar that comes in. Yep. I know. Isn't for me, that truth is so big. It's hard for me to believe like from where I'm sitting in my body I'm like I don't understand how, who's thinking this like how is this like like understanding how that's the truth of our culture like we would rather have rich people and starving people like that whole just it just blows my mind it's so big I can barely sit with that truth yeah yeah it's it, it's it's crazy the the our, our, our society, our, the reality that we know is, is fake. There's, there's this awesome book. Um, I'm not going to remember it right now, um, but he, he's an anthropologist and he kind of traced up through showing how, you know, for, for the majority of human existence, we lived as hunter gatherers, we lived outside you know, now we've trapped ourselves inside. We've insulated ourselves from, from the outside. Um, and, and we've created this nine to five, you know, work mentality. And, and I even just saw today in the news this morning about how something like 80% of all Americans at, at some point in their life will be on an antidepressant. Mm -hmm. um, 
because it doesn't match with with the our DNA. Wow, well, all right, my words are starting to fail. Yeah, <laughs> like it, the, yeah. that encoding. Totally, totally. All right, I want to see what's in your little like hat of words. So. All right, I'm gonna go first. Go this is my. It. This is my Belmont Steaks all like salty from sweat is the hat I use when I uh, mow the lawn so I don't like burn the top of my head sweaty thoughts today <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right first oh starting off um suffering Ooh, okay okay I think I have an unpopular opinion on suffering which is that it's really necessary that it's part of what makes us who we are and that if we went about life in a way that didn't resist it or fight it, that we'd actually find this like dance with suffering and joy and suffering and joy. That being said, of course, I don't want people to suffer. It makes me cry when I see homeless tents, it's like all those things are true. And yeah, I see that suffering and maybe it Maybe that level of suffering is not necessary. I don't know, but I get confused about it because I know part of it is necessary for life. Yeah, I I, I think I think there's almost an um wow, the words that are coming out of my mouth, like they're about to come out, and then I'm like, oh wait, you know, but <laughs> I'm just gonna since we're already being this vulnerable, there's almost like a need for suffering, but like you said, it's not something I wish for. I don't want to experience it. I don't, I don't enjoy seeing other people experience it. You can see the, the hurt that's going on all over the world, like right now, um, and the suffering that happens, but in like in, in, in this country, we're so far away as we were talking about, like before being the, the hunter gatherers, life has become relatively easy. Um, for the majority of us and we almost now have this like we're like we're searching for suffering you know so if if somebody gets our order wrong from our uber eats like we're freaking out you know um whereas before we were a prey species you know so when we weren't being attacked and we weren't you know suffering like that like you know we we would i don't know we with the rise of the mental health issues, with the rise of the depression and the rise of stuff, you know, it's almost like we're seeking out reasons to be, um, to suffer that aren't really necessary. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe that's because it's a part of the human experience, right? Yeah. It's something that we can't fight. I know for myself, like when I look back at my life, it's like suffering and then joy and suffering and joy, this rhythm. And I'm just coming out of a period of suffering and going into a period of joy right now. And instead of trying to hold on to it, I'm trying to just say, I know I'm going to suffer again someday in the future. It's okay. Like, I'm going to enjoy this now, like, and just lean into the joy and not before, whenever I got to a joy state, I was like, okay, I'm going to do this exactly right. So I'm never going to suffering again. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, that doesn't feel good like that running away from suffering, trying to avoid it. I really, I recognized how bad that is and that I was carrying that feeling around with me, even in my good times. Yeah. 
and that's something I've, I I did for for 20 something years, you know, when I was in that dark depression from from the PTSD. You know, it's almost like we're borrowing future suffering. We're like taking a loan out um so that we can feel it now and then of course, you know, when we when we catch up with that time where there's going to be suffering in our lives, like, you know, um but we just worry about everything in the future. You know, I think Sadhguru talks about suffering comes from two places. It comes from our past that we're bringing a memory of a past event into, into the future or into the present, or we're taking um, what ifs from the future and, and pulling them back into our present, you know, and, and that's kind of like the bubble of where suffering is. But for most of us in, the, in our present moment, there is peace, there is contentment, there is um, comfort. Yeah. yeah but yeah i mean there's every every there's just duality everywhere you know up down light dark good bad um you know so joy suffering it's it's a part of it and like victor frankel talks about this the moment that we give meaning to our suffering suffering ceases to exist in a form you know mm-hmm. um now there's a reason for it um there's yeah. a purpose to it that's bigger than ourselves yeah Yeah, that's really interesting. I've actually recognized sometimes my emotional body wants to suffer or I'm like going to have an anxiety attack or I'm feeling anxious. And I can actually feel my mind like looking for a reason, like, oh, what can I nitpick about my husband? What can I nitpick about what happened at work this week? Like it's, it's wanting to find a reason for suffering. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. And what I've been trying to do is just like no brain, like we're just going to sit in suffering and I just sit and feel bad and really stop my mind from making reasons to feel bad. Like sometimes you just feel bad. Sometimes you're just suffering. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I've noticed in in my life that I can go into a, a, like a a time of depression and be happy. Yeah. You know, um, I can still look at the sky. Like, I mean, the universe just amazes me. Um, and I look at the sky and know that our atmosphere is this thin, thin line. And just outside of that is like, you know, space. And and it's it's so incredible to me, you know. And now in New England, all, all the colors on the trees are changing and everything. And, you know, you can still see the beauty in the world um, when when you're in that state, in that state and in that time of suffering. But I mean, suffering almost demands all of our attention you know, so, and it, and it draws our, our focus inward. And, and I believe that makes the suffering worse, you know? Um, so if we're able to, to be accept, this is how I feel, like you were saying, and, and still push our focus outward, there's still beauty all around us, you know, not, not to take away from the suffering, but. But like you said, it's like the yin yang, right? There's dark in the light and light in the dark. And it it's, Right, right. Like in in that um in that episode, the the older woman who had, who had cancer, yeah, and how and how using the mushrooms and being in that study, um, allowed her to still find so much joy in life, even though the end of her life is coming. Yes, yes, yeah. I actually have a pain, patient or a client right now and a friend who both found out they had cancer in the last month. And after watching that, I'm like, I'm going to recommend this show because it's a real option for those people facing really hard stuff, you know? Yeah. 
And there was an entire hospital dedicated to treating cancer patients with this medicine and, and that had to be shut down. So yeah, I mean, the, the research in order for there to be a hospital, <laughs> you know, wow. um, yeah, it's, it's amazing. Yeah, that is very cool. All right, you want to pull the next word and see what it is? Yeah, um, yeah, dude, this is awesome, man. I'm enjoying it. Hat like this. Oh, nice. One I your, probably oh, don't yeah. even remember what they are because I. <laughs> um, oh, laughter. Oh, nice. Nice. Laughing. So, all right. Um, it's so funny. So, humor is like like I, I've always I was always like like. I just, I love playing the fool. You know what I mean? And even on my videos, I'm trying to get more of that out. Cause that's more of who I am authentically. Um, and right above my, my, my desk is a picture that my daughter drew of, of Peter Griffin. You know, let me just grab it. Uh, <laughs> it'll be better to say it. So this is like her take on my, my coaching practice. Oh, that is so cool. I love it yeah so yeah it's it's such a in fact one of my the first client I ever worked with like she said like I always cracked a joke at the right time and I and I go back I go to Viktor Frankl a lot but I go back to what he said about um how humor can make an insurmountable issue more manageable you know if we can learn to to laugh you know at whatever the situation or our circumstances are yeah yeah, I 100% agree. And when I look back at my life, I can see where humor really helped, right? It made the edges a little bit softer. And my husband and I, we are both pretty funny, but kind of in a weird, awkward <laughs> way, right? Like I love awkward comedy, right? We've talked about The Office before, like cringy stuff. I yeah, love yeah, yeah. But that means that not everybody gets my sense of humor. Sometimes I say something and people are just cringing, <laughs> <laughs> which is okay, right? But that itself is funny. But uh, with my husband, since we both have that humor, we can banter it and it's a huge gift. Yeah, humor humor is, is so important. And I think that's something too, it's being lost, you know, like gotta be very, like, I mean, saying outlandish stuff is what makes some things humorous you know yeah um yeah well actually to to try to get myself out of my comfort zone and try to learn how to be okay with the unknown in life I signed up and I took an improv class and yeah it was dude so far if you like knew me at like at all like I that is so far out of what I normally do but I, I loved it. Um, so I went on to the next level mm. and the, the girl that was teaching it like took, I, I, I felt bad for it, took humor out of everything, you know? So there was like this one thing that we were doing where um, it was like a, like a, an opposite type thing. So the, this girl was playing a jock um a, a male jock like in a bar like checking out girls and so she was doing what guys do and and she was like no you, you can't do that you, that you can't you can't say that that type of stuff you know and everything was like the microaggressions and everything yeah. and 
I don't, I don't know where I stand with that, but I, I mean, but I think like you can definitely sway to this side where you take, you, you almost like build ice over this thing to try not to offend anybody, anywhere, anytime, forever. You know what I mean? And it, yeah. it just gets, yeah, it gets hard. Yeah. I actually think when we're talking about like taking an off offense to something, that's a lot like we were just talking about suffering is like, yeah, you know what? You can be offended. That's okay. That's not yeah. a feeling that we have to run away from or avoid or fight about. Like we can just feel offended. You can offend me sometimes. Like, right. It's okay to be offended. Right. Right. And, and it's okay to be offended and it's okay for other people not to be offended. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So I, I, I ended up dropping out um, I never, I never finished the class because it like nothing could be done, right. you know, and I'm not like, I, I want to go out and offend people or or say and do things that are like, so disgusted or whatever, you know, right. but I'm just like, like what it took, it took the joy out of it for me, you know, it, because all of the, I mean, improv is about like that unknown that, or, you know, like being in present in that moment and whatever comes to your mind, like, like going with it. Yes. And, and then everything that came to my mind, it, it was always questioned, wait, 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 is this going to be too much? Like you never knew, like, yeah. um, so I ended up like, dropping out of that. That's too bad. Cause comedy exists on the fringes, right? That's how it's meant to exist. And it's meant to push people's mind and push people's, I think like I'm a huge stand-up comedy fan. I go to stand-up all the time. I listen to stand-up yeah. all the time, love stand-up comedy so much. I feel like the really good comedians out there right now are like what Socrates was in his time. Like they are saying yeah, yeah, yeah. to be said, right. And they have this stage and I just think it's beautiful. One time I sat in the front row of a comedy show and I got made fun of and I felt so happy. I told my, I, went, was, I was with a bunch of girls. And when I got home to my husband, I'm like, Oh my God, I was the girl that got made fun of. Right. Like it's <laughs> so cool. But that's, that's how we should feel like that's, it's okay that comedy offends some people. It's okay that they make fun of people, right? Being made fun of isn't being mean. Those two things are different. Yes. Yes. It, go, it goes down to that intention. Right. You know? And people like, don't be able to tell that now, it seems like. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Um, I remember, I, I, I absolutely love this story because I think it is the funniest thing that that's ever ever like kind of happened to me um I was in basic training and I have never been more tired in my life and I had a dream I used to work at this place called uh the bagel connection uh it's no it's no longer there but you know it was just a bagel shop they would make sandwiches and put it on bagels instead of bread um <laughs> and I had a dream that I'd use the bathroom and it was so vivid. Like I saw the play, but it was so much better than what it really was. Instead of like the wire basket, it was like, um, what do you call it? Um, like wicker baskets with like this red velvet lining. It was beautiful. And I was just making, there was no one there, but I was just making sandwiches like a champ. And, and then I'm like, oh, I got to go to the bathroom. So I, I walked through the, the swinging door into the back of the bakery section. And I walked through there and I saw pallets of flour, went in the bathroom and I realized that the it was a pay toilet and you could only use a credit card so i didn't know what to do but i really had to go 
<laughs> so you know the mask card symbol like those became glasses and this little guy jumped up on top of the urinal and he was like what's going on and i'm like i got to the bathroom but i don't have a credit card and he looks he looks to the left looks to the right and he's like go ahead this one's on me so i went and the next morning the drill sergeants made me stand up in front of um the our company formation and explain why i wet the bed <laughs> I love that story. That's so great. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, it's embarrassing as hell, but I have never been that tired in my life. Yeah. So like my body was just shut down and my mind became so real, you know? Yeah, um, yeah. I, I definitely wasn't telling people that story, you know, right after it happened besides my entire company. <laughs> right, um, right. But now looking back, I'm just like, that is funny as hell, like, yeah. It's okay to laugh at yourself like that. Yeah. And we're humans. We're animals. We do that kind of stuff. Yeah. Right? Like that. That's how I feel about all those sort of things. Like when someone, like people who are weird about talking about going poop or farting or something, I'm like, we're animals. Did you know that? Like, like yeah, we don't want to be gross, but like, we don't need to like be super afraid of it. I think if you look that up, I bet there's a huge high percentage of adults that pee the bed, but like no one's talking about it, right? Yeah. <laughs> like we are animals, so. Yeah. Yeah. I even I even saw like a, a video. Um, it was some guy like having um like a trash talk battle with Siri, and one of the things that Siri came up with was, "You smell so bad, your poop escapes you." <laughs> I just I had to pause it. I was laughing so hard. That's an AI joke that was from Siri, the artificial. Yeah, she I came love. up with these amazing jokes. Like she even, like one of them was, um, you're so ugly that the entire world faked a pandemic so that you could wear a mask. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to start asking my chat GPT to tell me jokes in the middle of the day. That is so Oh, yeah. Because oh. I'm on there all the time and it would be so great to... Yeah, here's some jokes. I never thought about it. AI joke. That's yeah. Cool. And, oh, yeah. They're good, man. They're going to be putting comedians like out of business. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Want to go to the next one? Yep. Yours. All right. How are you feeling? Good. How are you feeling? I'm, I feel like there's no difference between me and the chair. Um, <laughs> and it's like, the screen is like weird. Like I, like my depth perception is like completely gone. All right, here we go. Growth. I think that growth is everything. Like all things are right. Like nature's always growing people are always growing and I know that not everybody's like me but for me I've always felt that way I'm like life is about figuring out how to grow and be the best you and the most healed you and keep growing growing right like I love it I know everybody doesn't feel that way and I don't understand why because <laughs> I just think growing is really cool and growth yeah. Yeah. In fact, um, in Joe Dispenza's book, Evolve the Brain, he talks about when we go and get into routine, you know, um, 
like as as we grow as we learn new things like our brain physically grows um and as we get into like routines it's it's like a routine is almost like parts of the brain start to shut down like all right we need a skeleton crew now working instead of the whole crew working because doing the same things over and over and again like i think that's the way society was built in order for us to do that just to be these cogs in a machine you know we're all like just parts of amazon working so that we can make money and everything and and just to keep the machine going i think it was rockefeller that that as he was um, giving tons of money to public to the public school system, he, he said we need we need a nation of workers, not a nation of thinkers. And that's another reason why I love this this plant um, because it opens us up to think even you know even more. But um, yeah, and I always heard like if you're not growing, you're dying, and that was like a Tony Robbins thing. And and then I found out it, it came from um, the dude who basically started a keto like i don't know what year it was but a long time ago yeah um, yeah he, he he said something i'm gonna butcher it but you know if you're not if you're not growing you're you're not physically dying but you're like spiritually you're you're dying and that's going to end up leading you know to this stuff you you see a lot of this stress that we have in, in this day and age where it's just that the constant cycle of things that are it's causing the stress and then um, all the effects that it has on, on the body is incredible. Yes. I don't know if you've seen that little video going around TikTok where they say that like scientists did an experiment where they like injected a tree or some kind of growing thing with like the strange stress hormones that humans experience. And then the trees all died or it was like something like that. It was like, yes, yes. Yeah. And I was like, oh shit. Like I feel that. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. That's just coursing through our system and and it's it's the way the system was designed but the cool thing is is that we can wake up to that and um and retrain our minds hard to do but retrain our minds to to be out of that system and sort of you know grow independently with all those without all those chemicals that are killing us yeah i know that it's a joke that's been told a lot but it's the matrix right and it's so silly but for those of us who have experienced being on the other side or touching the other side for a little bit you start to really understand i guess the truth in that concept right that there's this thing happening that doesn't serve us and we can opt out at any time culture yeah i get i get so frustrated with myself because you know i feel like i'm i'm above the thoughts looking down and, and when I see myself doing the same things, you know, procrastinating or whatever, I'm like, what are you doing? Like, you, you know what I mean? Like, you, you know, this stuff, like apply and then, yeah. So it's definitely a lot easier said than done. And I, and I think it's a moment by moment decision to, to be in a mindset of growth. Yeah. Um, and it's okay to go into periods of hibernation and not grow for a while. And then yes. grow again, right? That's okay too. Yeah. Yeah. Just like the periods of like suffering and the periods of, of peace and joy in our lives. And yeah, I think we, I think we need those times of, of hibernation, you know, just like the seasons. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think the only sort of what I would say 
makes me, it, I guess it makes me sad when I see people not engaging with personal growth at all. Like it's not even a frame of their reference. Like they're, I, I don't know if that is very healthy. <laughs> I think it's healthy that healthy people are engaging in personal growth. Yeah. And that's yeah. a big statement, but. And that's like one of the things that I've, I've come to realize, like, I mean, I mean, fear. And because when I when I try to remember back to before I, I started my own journey with growth. I was almost blind to it. You know, so seeing people like like Tony Robbins or these other big name coaches that you that are all over my Instagram and stuff now, you know, hearing what they said. I would be like, they're just so stupid. They're just, they're, they're snake oil salesmen. You know, they're just selling, um, they're selling hope, um, yeah. you know, but so I always try to figure out like how I can say that to sort of pierce that blindness. Yeah. Uh, because and I've, I've worked with people that I, I say the same things from the moment we started working together until like this point, but for some reason, it was at that point that they're like, oh, I get it. You know, there's like this, like where the light bulb went on, whereas here they heard the words, but, you know, it was like the brain tra translated it into a different language, just couldn't understand it. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. All right, should we, is it my turn for word or your turn for word? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, your turn. Like, dude, right now you're like, it doesn't look like you're a part of the background. Like you're like, it's almost like 3D, dude. Yeah. It was funny. Just a minute ago, I thought there was like a fly on my screen, but then I realized it was the handle of your door behind you. <laughs> ah. <laughs> That's <laughs> like awesome. messing with my eyes. Um, okay. Meditation. Oh. I I used to like <laughs> I'm I'm not like a um a floofy type guy you know what I mean like yeah. I always hated that stuff I was like man come on man this is so stupid whatever you know what I mean like but it's become probably one of the most important things like in, in my life today you know um spending that time in guiding our thoughts you know to the point where we we can rise above the thought you know and I always heard this thing like if if you're an observer of like the act of observation means that you're not that thing, you know? So when we can rise above our thoughts and we can observe them, it just means that we are not our thoughts, you know? And it gave me freedom from that. Um, it gave me freedom from my feelings that I can feel depressed. I can yeah. feel the suffering, but I'm above that, which means like somewhere in here, I am not that thing you know um so yeah meditation has become so important to me yeah yeah i would agree to me when i meditate it's like it's like taking a dump like letting all my thoughts go right i'm like okay yeah. at the beginning my mind is so full and then by the I end love he started that man <laughs> well that's like the only thing i can think of because i have all these crap thoughts and then like at the end of 20 minutes, like it starts calming down and then maybe there's like one or two thoughts 
right? Like, but slowly that huge like train of thoughts coming at me all the time starts to thin and there's relief from thought in this space where I just get to be ah, and it feels good. And then you go out about your day. Like that, that that's life-changing to me. I mean, for me, that experience and touching, like, it's like getting grounded every day. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's so important. I think it, it's what pulls us out of that, that living in the habitual cycle. Oh, just smack my finger on my desk. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. I also think that for people like you and I, where we are at, where we really feel called to help other people or change the world or be part of shifting this whole thing to a more positive direction, right? That meditation becomes a necessary tool because you have to like check in so that you can write courses, so that you can work with coaching clients. So you can, like, I think anybody who is in sort of our kinds of industries, I don't know how they're doing their work if they're not meditating, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's very true. Yeah, because like you said, it keeps us grounded and it also, um, you know, keeps that vision, you know, moving forward alive. Um, and it's funny, like I growing up being in church for like 40 years, there there's a verse, I believe in Proverbs, it says without a without a vision, the people perish. Mm-hmm. And of course, in, in, in that con- in the context in which I learned it, it was like the vision has to be this thing in this box, which to me, I mean, that's not a vision. That's, you know, uh, something that you're just being given. Um, but having a vision of, of your own growth and the growth of other people. And I never understood like the whole thing, holding space. You, you know what I mean? Because like, like I said, like I come from like the different part of life than sort of the hippie th- type stuff or what I consider the hippie type stuff, you know, which I love now. Um, I'm like, what do you mean holding space? Like, you know, and then when I looked it up, it was like, you know, it's, you you know, you're basically believing in somebody un- until they can. And I'm like, well, that's just being respectful. Like, shouldn't we do that anyways? You yeah. know what I mean? Like everybody, um, but having and I and meditation that's how we have that like getting a vision of of what people can be until they connect with themselves with their own power yeah you know I think that's very important for us yeah absolutely yeah and I would say I'm trying to bring that awareness to more areas of my life right so that every person in front of me is like okay you're human and we're crossing paths right as I'm checking out at the grocery store but like Okay. Like being present with another human and bringing that presence, I don't think enough can be said for that. And it rarely happens. And when I'm able to engage with people like that, like out in public, this is particularly hard for me too, because I'm an introvert. um, And man, I love it. Like when somebody will really give you eye contact and share something like, oh, I'm actually having kind of a hard day. Or I've had a girl say to me once, like, oh, I started my period today. Like that's so vulnerable and open. But like in just that moment, I knew what she meant. She knew what we meant. And we shared a moment in space and time. And for me, that's like, num, 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 num. Like the little, the little food I want to go grab in life. Right. And my fears or my insecurities keep me from it. But at my base level, I just want to interact with all the 
people in a weird way. Yeah. <laughs> all in the eye and like, how are you doing? <laughs> there, there's a uh, David Sedaris. Um, he's he's a writer and and, and uh, what do they call it a humorist. Um, yeah. But I, I read a thing from him where he, he doesn't ask me like, oh, how's your day going? You know, he's like when he meets somebody right off the rip, like, like they haven't said two words to each other. He's like, tell me the craziest story you ever had with a wild animal. Yes. You no, know, like, and, and that's how he gets to know. And I'm like, I love that, you know, yeah, but I, yeah. Oh, good. Oh, I was just going to say, I watched his master class and it yes. was amazing. I love that guy. And he, I heard that story too. And it inspired me so much. Yes. Yeah, I, I think we've gotten in this place where we're we've created so many others, you know. Um it, it's a natural thing to do to defend ourselves against other tribes that may be trying to take our stuff, but then you have um society as a whole, marketers, like everybody uses that fear, you know, to drive where where we're gonna be putting our money, you know. So then then it's this natural thing to other everybody. Like it's one of the things I can't understand. Like I'm not a bit, I've never been a big sports guy, but how you can have two people like the Giants and the Patriots playing and and you you get into a fist fight. You have to uh, you have to defend yourself physically against an attack over a football game. Like I don't I don't get that. Yeah. So this this is really funny. My husband is one of those sports guys. And I remember the first time that his team lost the Super Bowl and he was like crying and he's like I just need to take a walk around the block like and it's really been work for me to like build that bridge to my husband where I go, okay, I'm witnessing you and you are really feeling real emotions here, right? Like, okay. And this is a place in your life where it's safe for you to do so beautiful. Okay. Like just nod my head at his experience, like, okay. And keep understanding him. And now it's something that I actually find quite delightful. I was upstairs reading my book the other night and he was downstairs yelling at the TV, right? Like, ah, you're ref, blah, blah, blah. And I was just chuckling, right? Like for him, that like angst with sports is a huge part of his life and he enjoys it. So good for him, right? Like yeah. but it's there's, taken a while of like just remaining curious to get there. There, There is a beauty in allowing people to be who they are. Like I, I, I forget the book I read it, but it was, they call it the art of allowing, you know? Um, I, I remember I was going into a, a stop and shop and I don't know if they have those. It's a grocery store, like if like your way, but yeah, everywhere, like we don't even call it grocery store, you know. It's like style, we're going to stop and shop, whatever. Um, but there was there was a lady and I was wearing a shirt and she stopped me and she was like, Oh, that that's a funny shirt. You know, it was a picture of a rhinoceros and it said save the chubby unicorns. <laughs> and she's like, Oh, that's a funny shirt. I like that. And and so I'm like, all right, yeah, we'll we'll talk, you know. But I'm the same way. I'm like I'm an introvert, but that that human connection. And then she started getting into um, her church, and I'm I'm like, I could have argued with her, and and created like, and I get when people have to to protect themselves from that, but I I was safe enough with knowing who I am, yes. for the first time in my life, you know, where I didn't have to protect, yes. and in my mind, like the whole time I was just like, yeah, do your thing, man, do your right. thing. like. 
and she, it was the, the joy that she had on being able to share like the gospel with me or whatever. And, but I still kept my boundaries. Like, you know, after about like, you know, five minutes when I was like, all right, it's time to go. I'm like, Hey, look, I got to get going, but thank you. I was so great meeting you. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I came away feeling good. She left feeling good. Like it, it was such a great thing. Like we don't have to defend ourselves. Nope. And you got to witness someone else's life, the way they're playing in this skin bag here on this form, yeah. right? Like you got to witness somebody else doing that in a way that's very ooh, different than you. That's interesting, right? Like to me, I find like fascination in getting to know people and witnessing people who are different than me. Yes. You know, you know, my friends would judge them as being religious kooks or, you know, whatever, like out there, foo-foo this, or I'm like, I don't care who you are. Come show me what you're doing with this thing called life. Yeah. Because it's fucking interesting. <laughs> like yeah. we're all here in these human bodies and we're all doing vastly different things with our time here. That's yeah. Cool. I mean, you, like politically, <laughs> like they, they say, if you remove the labels of Democrat or Republican, most people agree on like 80% of the issues, but when we give up our, our, like I heard this thing, it was, it was by a dude um, in the seven, I'm going to forget his name, but he was big in the psychedelic world, like in the seventies and, and even before, like before that. Um, and and he, he called it cognitive liberty, hmm. you know, um, the right to for people to think the way that they want you know I without i don't have to attack you know i don't have to defend against your thoughts either there's nothing there that is a danger to me yeah i love that i don't have to defend against your thoughts right you're allowed to think whatever you want to think and that's okay yeah yeah i mean at, at a certain point i i, I as i'm thinking about i mean you can't let, you know, an entire group or whatever, you know what I'm saying? But yeah, I mean, just, just the interactions that we have with people that are just one-on-one, -on -one, like, yeah, it's all good. Yeah. For the most part it is. I agree. Like if you start taking away other people's rights or things like that, like, yeah. okay, you gotta like rein you in, but like, if it's just you doing you in a weird way, not impacting anybody else, do whatever you want to do, right? Yeah, or whatever you want. Be be you. Like I, I can't, I can't live my life expecting that. Like my thoughts are the thoughts of of everybody. So whatever I believe is right, everybody in the world has to believe it's right. Yeah, and how boring is that? Oh my god, yeah. And I do some weird shit. So like, <laughs> I don't want to see the rest of the world doing that. <laughs> Yeah, I love getting to know people's like weird quirks or I think there was a trend on TikTok for a while where they were saying like, what was the weird thing you learned about your partner? Like, you know, people just do weird little things and I love that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, my wife always like makes fun of me. Like she calls it my putzing, you know, she's she's like, I just love watching you putz, you know? Cause th there'll be something going on. Like she's like, and I, I have this like unconscious routine that I have to do before stuff. And she, and she just like <laughs> labeled all that as, as just putzing. <laughs> That's cute. I love it. <laughs> yeah. All right. You ready? Yeah. I think you can. My turn. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm completely like lost <laughs> right at this yeah. point. I got some weird words in here too. So um, let's see what we got. 
no everything is staying with like the coaching stuff um gratitude mm, gratitude I recently started playing around with gratitude a lot more in my life. And I really wanted to discover, okay, what's this all about? Like, is this a valuable tool or not? <laughs> right. Come on. And I was really surprised how much it relieved my anxiety, like overall anxiety. I mean, I've always been an anxious person. I was an anxious kid. Like I just run anxious. And um really sitting with a gratitude practice. I it was, I think it was May of last year when I first started and it's just made my overall level of anxiety so much lower because when you're in gratitude, you're in the moment, right? You're like, Oh, I'm grateful for this blanket. I'm grateful for this tea. And when you're living in that space more, you're not in anxiety, which is out here in the future. Yeah. Yeah. I, I heard this thing um somebody I, i'm forget who it was but they were talking about like we were just taking a walk in their backyard like wow that is my favorite tree and then they would look at the next tree and like that is my favorite tree yeah you know, like i said like I, I mean i've always been i'm not i'm i'm not like i always i always figured like being called like a gentleman almost like as a slur like no that's not that's not who i am you know veteran i was i was a uh um correctional officer for um nine years until i i got hurt um i liked i liked like to fight you know um now it hurts too much so i don't like it that much but but gratitude you don't really hear in like the circles that i was around and it has become the greatest thing in in my life I, I can't say enough for it. And I think even like Joe Dispenza like talks about um, vibrationally gratitude. It's, it's an emotion of, of receiving, you know, we're yeah. grateful for a view. We're grateful for a gift, something, a person for time spent together. Mm -hmm. um, and, and with all of the stuff that I had going on with the PTSD, it was the gratitude that changed my focus from staring at the darkness where that's all I could see into like what was like a, a pinpoint of light that just kind of grew and grew. And now I just, I walk outside and I'm just like the sunlight that's hitting me on average is over 250,000 years old. I'm like, what the hell? Like, you know what I mean? Like this, this, this photon, this, this thing, this a molecule that when it was born in the center of the sun, there's so much in there. Like it bounced around so much and, and it, it took about 250,000 years to get to the, to the surface of the sun and then eight minutes to get to me, <laughs> you know? And, and like, I, I don't know. It just blows my mind. And even just the feeling on, on this medicine too, it connects us more with that. Yes, absolutely. You know, it really operates in a, in a part of our brain that deals with connection. Yeah. And I think connection to nature is something all of us are at a deficit in, right? Oh, yeah. And, and so when we have those moments, they become even more important. Yeah. I mean, yeah, everything is paved over. Um, 
Yeah. I get it. We gotta gotta live, but I know there, there's a cost to the way that the society was built. Yep, absolutely. Well, a cost for some and some <laughs> it's making okay. a lot of money for others, but <laughs> yeah. Um I also want to say about gratitude is that I had to get past some fear and vulnerability to get all the way into it. Because what would happen is I'd start thinking about something I was really grateful for. And then I'd get kind of afraid that like, I love this thing so much. It's going to go away. Mm. I'm going to stop thinking about it. I'm going to stop being grateful for it. So that came up for me and I witnessed it like, oh, that's interesting. Right. And I'm still going to love anyways. So I wanted to mention that because I don't think people talk about like personal development barriers when you're trying to do a gratitude practice, but yeah, it's like hard, vulnerable, like real emotional work <laughs> to yes. be in gratitude. And then if you're going to be in gratitude in the moment with another person and be like, I love you. Thank you right, for being in this space with me. This is the best tea. This is, if you're, you're open, all of that is living in an open way. And that can be freaking terrifying. <laughs> Horrifically. You know, every time I, I take this, um, this plant um it's always a it's always about that it's a, it's an opening you know where i don't judge myself for all this stuff that i know like when this wears off i'm going to judge myself for um yeah. i look at it that at the time and be like it's ridiculous you know like i feel a absolutely no connection with, with that judgment um sorry, my mind went off in a completely different way where I've, I've, compl I've forgotten everything that you just <laughs> said, but I know it was about like, like, uh, like, gra like that part of gratitude that came up that, that surprised you. Um, and yeah, and, and everything, like, even when I get like stressed or I'm worrying about something in the future, like, is this going to happen? Is this going to take place? I feel it all up here. Right. And that's what protection does. Protection brings us in and we can get to this point where we protect ourselves and make ourselves smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller. And I think even in that, in that show, the episode, there was um, uh, a guy with o that dealt with OCD and, and when he had his son got really bad, you know, and he had that experience where he, he saw his friend fall, fall to his death, but he kept falling and kept getting smaller and smaller and smaller. So even though we're alive, that's what we do. We make ourselves so small. And this is a way to relax that and, and just let us be open. Yeah. And, and then the times that I spend away from this plant, I, I work on that. I work on being more open, you know, and just kind of flowing with everything. Yeah. And isn't the experience of life vastly better? Oh my God. I yeah. know that that's what I've really been telling myself every time I feel it in the moment to like try to pave that pathway, right? Like, no, this way is better. Like, I know this mind stress where you think stress is going to get you X, Y, and Z feels like the right thing to do, but this is better. Just be in this space of now and let whatever come, come. Yeah. And that's like, it's not a genie, No, you know, it's not, okay, I'm grateful. So this is going to happen, but in those moments like of my depression, I can still be happy, you know, and, and the happiness comes from 
staying in that state of gratitude instead of focusing on on the feeling that I'm feeling. Yeah, the feeling's gonna be there. We're good. Yeah, you know. But walking out and seeing the trees, seeing the sunlight, knowing that stuff. I mean, there is. I forget how far away it is, but there's these two binary stars that are that are um, revolving. One's massive and one's smaller, and they're far enough away where they they pull some of the gas off each other, and then where they connected, there's something like an 800 million mile bridge of fire connecting. And I'm just like, that is like that's like Mordor type shit. Like I'm like I love that dude. Wow. Yeah, and it just makes me understand that. I'm nothing and I'm everything all at the same time. Yeah. 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 I love that. And I love all the stuff, you know, about our universe and space because it is so cool. And every time you share something about that, I'm like, damn, like it's just inviting more magic into the world. More people should know that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But you know what? The funny thing is that, you know, how much I judge myself because I don't know what the hell I'm talking. I'm just, I'm just a parrot repeating something I've read or something I've heard. You you know what I mean? But, and then I judge myself and it's so stupid. Like I'm just showing, and that's the intent of it to share that magic, you know, like life is magical. You know, we live in, we live in an amazing time. There is suffering, but we still live in amazing time and there's amazing things coming. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I love master classes. I mentioned them before. I also loved RuPaul's master class. Oh, yeah, yeah. All yeah. about um authenticity. I forgot what you said that made me think of it, but um God, totally for less my train of thought, but I'll I'll link that in the comments anyways, because <laughs> everybody should watch it for whatever reason I was gonna tell you to watch it. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, authenticity. What was even the, oh, gratitude. Yeah, I don't know. Let's pull a new card. We'll pull a new card. I'll pull one. Dude, I, this is so much fun, dude. I'm loving this. <laughs> okay. Um, oh, age. Age sucks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I finally, I finally hit the age. So I'm, um, 40, 48. Yeah. One of the two, I, I I don't think about it all that much, you know, but like, I finally hit that age, like where I had a doctor say like, well, at your age, you know, things are going to hurt sometimes. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think that age, I agree with you. Like I forget how old I am. And I feel like after you're 21, everybody should just be age. Like we don't, yes, yes. It doesn't matter anymore. We don't need the judgment about like, well, you're only this age, so you can't have this job or your, your relationship has these age differences. So it's weird. Like we use age as like this judgment stick about everything. And it's just gross. I'm like, stop it. Like, cause really after we're all adults, we're just people, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, certain things start to break down, like, you know, physically, but the, the wisdom you know, that people yeah. get, I know they, they, they can even personally can start to get caught up in age. Um, yep. And I don't care how old I feel like I, I'm like, I'm like 12, 13 mentally, you know, like one time I was annoying Sandy so bad and I was um, having some water and she said something, she was like, you're so childish. 
I'm like, no, I'm not. If I was childish, I would do this. And I took some water and then I just went, <laughs> spit it right down her, the front of her sweatshirt. I thought that was hysterical. She did not agree. <laughs> yeah, I always tell my husband that I have the sense of humor of like a 13-year-old boy, like fart jokes. I will laugh every single time and I'll talk about oh, yeah. later, like Adam Sandler type, like gross poop comedy. I don't know why I like it. I don't want to like it. I love it. <laughs> No, that's like my inner 13 year old man <laughs> yeah 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 i i remember one time when i was in school um we had to go to a um i don't even what do they call it now like a not a senior home but because oh, they actually like live there so it wasn't like really a nursing home i guess assisted living yeah. um and i inter interviewed a guy that um his family came over on the mayflower but his family sided with the british during the revolutionary war i've never heard that before you know and i felt bad for the guy because i i was like i was amazed i'm like i want to know all about this and he was like no we don't talk about that it was almost like uh like a shame for his family i'm like dude that is so freaking cool man yeah yeah, I feel like the reverence for elders is uh, very important and is like a beautiful part of what tribal life usually has. And it's something that we've lost. And I am personally trying to cultivate it in my life right now. So my own elders, right? But like really giving them time and space to tell their stories. Yeah. Yeah, even uh, when in, in that writing class I took, I also interviewed my my grandmother, who's now passed, but like she told a story of of um, the depression, and who was it? Truman, the the president. Like, so he he did this thing where he came to Connecticut in this little town, Naugatuck, through with through the train uh, on the train, and her and her father went and watched him speak from the back of the caboose and stuff. I'm like stuff I only see in movies you know what I mean this is like someone experienced that and witnessed that even I met a woman that survived the um the blitzkrieg and, and she was British yeah you know, she remembers living in the bunkers like there's something yeah that that we definitely that don't I think yeah, it's like so important that I want to see like more old people on like TikTok, like just telling stories yes. of their life. Like, let's make that a thing because they just, they just, all they need to do is tell their stories, but in their stories lies so much knowledge and power and wisdom and, oh yeah. 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 I even saw a thing where, and I, and I don't know if she's still alive or not, but the, the first girl that went into the um into the public schools she was she was uh, a black girl like the, the segregation thing um i'm not gonna remember her name right now but um like i think she, when i saw this thing she was 86 yeah and that's living history yes and i think that helps us build compassion and understand the actions that we need to take in the now right by understanding this timeline that we're a part of because it's so easy to think Louis C.K. makes a joke that white people add another hundred years to slavery every century. Like, ah, oh, that was 400, 500 years ago. Right? <laughs> no, it wasn't, right? Like people that are alive today experienced 
that so you know right like serious racism and segregation and like let's keep moving this forward <laughs> yeah yeah definitely yeah definitely and 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 i and and that that generation yeah they and it's sad too because like i mean the, the older you get the harder of a time you have with technology because it's so it's so foreign to you but yeah, I don't know. Maybe, maybe some like the the younger people should start, you know, making that their uh, their TikTok, whatever. They're just interviewing some older people and just getting wow. that, that living history. Yeah, oh, that's a great idea. That'd be I'd watch that. Super fun. Oh yeah, yeah. You end up. In fact, one of the guys I went to church with them heard he was in World War II, so I was like, oh yeah, I would love to interview you know for for this writing class I was taking and. He ended up being a POW mm. right at the end of World War II. And as they were driving in this truck, uh, the German guard, when they got word over the radio, the war was over, just handed his gun to him. And I'm like, I've known you for so long and I get annoyed at you because you're walking up the steps too slow. And here's this dude that was a PO, got shot down during World War II in this like part where like so much chaos was going on and you have this story that's so amazing it makes it makes history alive you know yeah. tangible yeah so cool i also yeah. think it speaks to just the power of people's stories and how valuable it is for us to share with each other and i think that's one of the things i really love about social media is that people are sharing their stories and that i believe has tremendous power in a culture yeah i i always i always struggle with that because like i i love the science part but i hate how science is sort of divorced from the anecdotal evidence like the stories and and stuff and i get why they have to you know um yeah, of course. but and i love the fact that i can just sort of ride that wave like right in between where i can take all of the amazing stuff from science, but then still see the stories come alive, you, you know? Yeah. I don't yeah. feel bad for the scientists, like, you know, because of their mind and their training, like, no, no, you know, like you're missing out yeah. on so much. Yeah. Yeah. That's one thing that I loved about uh, the show that we were talking about earlier, how to change your mind. It rides that line, like it brings in scientific stuff and it tells all these beautiful stories. And so you just get both. And I think that's creates a really whole, you know, understanding of the topic. Yeah. I think in one of your videos too, you talked about like um, coaching was being like, like, like a journalist. Yes. Um, and I, and I think that the the guy that I'm um, forget his name, but he wrote the book How to Change Your Mind, um, and I believe he's a he's like he's a he's like a journalist, right? Oh, um, I didn't know that, but I think yeah, he, something like or maybe yeah. just a writer, but like an investigator, you know. And and I think yeah. that there's so much freedom in that, you know. I even always heard this like one of the cliches, like um, if you want to change your life, you need to change your story, you know. But we first have to understand our story too. Yep. Yeah, isn't it weird how this the story that we're telling ourselves can actually be unconscious? Like yeah. you don't know what it is that you're telling yourself that's running your entire life until you like dip into it. And then you're like, oh shit, like this, this old thing about I never want to be abandoned has been running all of my choices and I didn't know it, right? Like that's why healing is so important because 
if you don't think that shit's running your life, it's fucking running your life, right? Like if you have unhealed stuff, it's running your life. <laughs> uh, yeah. Anytime I look back at like, I've, I've done some badass stuff in my life, you know, I don't, and then there's that voice in my head. It's like, no, 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 you got shut up. You're, you're a bitch, you, you know, all this stuff. My mind is so ready and so quick to silence my story. Yeah. But there's also, I think that part too, like where we can't identify with the story to the point of like, that's me, you know, Um, because I've seen this stuff. I call it a trauma competition. Like because of everything that I've gone through, I get it and I can help you. You know what I mean? Like, because then we're, we're identifying with the worst parts of our life, but it's just a small part of the whole. You know, like if I stub my toe, my entire body doesn't hurt. It feels like it does. I cuss like it does. You know what I mean? But it's just my toe. Yeah, I actually have a funny story about this. So when I was in my 20s, I went to this week long, intense, uh, like personal development retreat, I guess. We all stayed in cabins, blah, blah, blah. And when we first got there, it was like the first night the instructor got up and she said, I just want you all to know that we're not going to be telling our stories, our sad stories this week. And I was disappointed. Like I was so attached to my little sad story about how I got here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it was so crazy to me in that moment to witness disappointment that I wouldn't get to like share my little saddies. <laughs> like, yeah. And, and I, cause I, I went through my time with that. Like when I started going to school, um, the first paper I wrote, like for writing, you know, they taught like, write what you know. So I'm like, all right. Um, I, I ended up winning an award for it, like the Norman Mailer writing award. Like, oh, that's awesome. um, yeah, I, I didn't even know who Norman Mailer was, you, you know? And I'm like, I placed top five, like out of however many schools like actually submitted stuff, you know, I think it was like over 700 or something like that. I'm like, wow. But it was when I look back at it now, cause I, I called it damaged, you know? And I was like, my depression, I feel like I'm hanging from a cliff. And I look back and now and I'm like, there, there's that point where we, we transfer that story from a prison to a foundation. Yeah. And, and for me, that's become, I guess, sort of the, um, the focus of all my coaching, you know, is, is freeing us from the prison of our story. Um, especially when, when we identify with the suffering of it, not to belittle it, right. But to, to make it a foundation of, of who you are, the strongest part of who you are. Yeah. Yeah. I think the difference for me is like, it is a part of me versus it's me yes right like because when I told that story like I had just gone through my divorce and so being like a victim of like that domestic violence situation and going through this horrific divorce that was me in that moment I was sad I didn't get to share that story now as I've healed and healed and healed that thing has become a part of me right yeah. and that is how I see the difference yeah, in in um in that book, the body keeps a score. Vanderkolk talks about how you know our our minds like work off this constant narrative, and when trauma happens, it disrupts that narrative. So when you think back at traumatic experiences, you see it in parts. You lose time, 
And so part of the healing had, had become for me that, that transfer process was um, creating a narrative out of those parts. And that's what I love about writing. You know, like I'll come up with all these little parts and everything. And then I put them together and I'm like, that is so freaking cool. Yes. You know, and doing that with your mind is, is so powerful. It is. And I actually had a therapist once tell me, even if you make it up to bridge those stories, like to bridge, you're going to feel better and more healed because your brain needs a whole story to understand it and place it where it's supposed to be in the spectrum of who you are as an identity. And so even if you're making up the story, that's a healthy thing to do, right? To put those pieces together. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, I think, of, again, the episode that that we watched on, on the psilocybin, the the woman who, who had the cancer that was in that study, she had a miscarriage like 40 years ago. Wow. Um, and she had never thought about that that whole time in her life for, for, for like 40 years. But then she, she was a devout Catholic and saw Mary saying like, I, I'm taking care of you. You can release like that, that part of your suffering because I'm taking, so it taking care of the child. Sorry, my mind is going faster than my words. Um, yeah. But it, it completed that story for her and it, yeah. and it gave her peace. Yeah. I loved that particular piece of that story because yeah. that's, that's why, to me, actively pursuing healing, everyone should be doing all the time because we should, we just, the most healed versions of ourselves is the best way because there's shit hanging on back there that you don't know about. And that's true for every single human because being, just being a human and being alive is a traumatic experience. <laughs> like, let's be honest, it is, it's weird and hard. Yeah. And, and it's the same thing. Like two things can be true at the same time. Yeah. It's, it's a magical thing, but it's also a very hard thing. Yeah. You my brother-in-law, uh, my brother-in-law said once that life is the most beautiful fucking nightmare. <laughs> like, I love yeah, that. that. It's a beautiful nightmare. That's what life is, right? It's both of those together in this one experience and it's intense, especially for like sensitive people like me, like just being alive is an intense experience for me. <laughs> yeah. Oh, very much so, man. Yeah. Yeah. But even like Stephen Hawking in, in, in with that disease still counted himself so lucky because he knew the odds or something like you have one in, I don't know, however many trillions chance of, of actually being alive, you know? So he saw himself in a state that, I mean, is was, I always looked at was like horrible. Like I wouldn't want to live like that. And he still saw the beauty in, in, in the life that he had and look at what his mind, his body failed him, but what his mind did. Yeah. Yeah. You know how you like stories of the cosmos, which I really love about you. I love stories of the people like in some way that I don't know, like certain presidents had to get shot and this crazy thing over here had to happen for my parents yeah. to meet and fall in love. And then, or they came over to America, like thinking of all the stories that had to make my story. And like, if one thing would have been different, I wouldn't be here, Mindy, as this thing is happening. Like I can think about that for hours. I love that. That is just yeah. so cool to 
to recognize that you come from this long line of beautiful stories of humans experiencing life like you are in that very moment right now you know it's just really cool yeah sad guru puts it like in, in a way that because it, it your mind can't deal with that you know what i mean it doesn't know how to process all the things that had to happen exactly the way they did you know and so people call it fate whatever but you know he says whatever happened had to have happened it's 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 inevitable simply because it did yep you know not not because of any but just because it did and and that created you and it created me and even the bad parts of the, those stories you know generations past it's how, why we are today who we are yeah and i just want to really point out what you just said like it's the right thing because it is because it happened right because i use that with my clients all the time when they're resisting something i'm like no it's here like this is what's happening so it it's not wrong because the yeah. right thing happened, you're here. So much world. energy gets lost in 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 the the this shouldn't be. Yes. Which right. I mean, and it's true. Right, but, and also, this is what happened. <laughs> like that right. moment. Of this is. There's so much power in that moment. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No, I. I not enough can be said about that. Yeah. Mm. Times. Yeah, I think we're about at an hour. How are you feeling? What do you want to? I'm I'm having so much fun, man. Your call. Okay. I'm I'm good to go. All right. Um, I just wanted to check in with you because I know that we usually stop at about an hour, and I wanted to make sure you didn't want to take a break or do anything. Are you good? Yeah. No. Yeah. I've even forgotten. Like, like I would just looked at the time and stuff, and I was like, wow, this is like you lose time on this stuff, man. Yeah. Yeah. You do. Okay, cool. I can go for a little bit longer. So um, I'll pull another word out. Sounds good. Healing, which is what we just <laughs> That's so funny. I'm gonna pull a different one because we really just talked a lot about that. Okay. Um, oh, fate. I wouldn't mind talking more about fate or destiny or is it real or does it exist or not? Like how much of it is predestined like I don't yeah know. There, there's so much out there like how much free will do we actually have you know um because of all of the um things that have built us you know from like i said before like generations past um and then just all the outside influences um that like I, I saw a thing about, you know, just social media as a whole, how, how they, they found out how they can, um, I think the guy that started like VR was like, or, or like really made it big, however that worked, but was saying this is, is the danger of, of social media is that they've learned how to shift your personality without you even knowing it, mm. you know, so how much free will there, there actually is. And I, and that's one of the things that, brought me into the mind is is that is the one place that i can be absolutely free mm. you know um and that's why i hate the brain not hate the brain but like i don't like the squishy parts and like hippocampus and prefrontal cortex right. I, it's interesting knowing all that stuff but like to me like the mind i lose 
everything that's contained in in my big fat skull you know and 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 then and there a universe comes yeah. you know and that's where my consciousness is um i what was the word again <laughs> uh, like, uh, fate 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 yes so yeah so, yeah, so i I guess yeah. like like Sagaru talked about like things that happen, they're inevitable because they did happen. And the the waves that create our present reality are coming or the ripples are coming from all these different sources that we, I don't even think we understand. Yeah. Yeah. I know for me, like as I get older, I feel like my belief systems, I just am gonna pick the ones I like. And I like to believe in fate. And it feels good for me to believe in it. And it it makes me feel good when I think I have a destiny and it makes me behave in the way I wanna behave when I think about you know, having a destiny of some kind. So fuck it if it's true or not true. I wanna believe it because I like to believe it. It's like juicy and good experience believing it. And that's just kind of how I deal with my beliefs now. It's like with death, I'm like, I just like believing in reincarnation like that feels good. So I'm going to fucking believe it. I don't care if it's true or not. It's making my experience of the now good. So yeah, uh, I dude, I think that right there encapsulates like the perfect way to, to say it. I I'm going to believe it because it, it makes me feel good. Yeah. yeah. I freaking love that dude. Yeah. Fate, destiny, maybe it's silly stuff, right? It's like when I read my uh, Taurus horoscope or whatever, right? Like, do I actually believe that's true? No, I don't. But will I be like, oh, maybe this will happen to, yeah, I do, because it gives my life a little bit of magic. And why not? Yeah. Yes. Right? Yeah. So it it gives us that thing to like be constantly moving towards. And I, and that was a thing that like held me up for a long time. The, the knowledge of that we make this up, Yeah. you know, so like, like for me, I've become, like I call it um, an optimistic nihilist, like nothing matters. And I, I had, there's so much freedom in that. Like I get to create what matters to me yep. and yeah. nobody can tell me otherwise, you know, um, yep. in fact, right before I left church, the, the pastor of that church, like was always talking about nihilism and, and, and like how sad it is, you know? And I'm like, dude, there's a freedom, you know, when yeah. we put down beliefs and we become a secret, we become open to what the, we can then pick yeah and we, we can then change too like yeah. without any repercussions right yeah it, it doesn't mean anything and i feel like the world just becomes a place to play right then it's a playground because you're just interacting yeah. with this stuff that doesn't mean anything like i mean that's what you were mentioning about david sedaris and that's what i love about him he has so many stories about weird shit he just did just going out into the world and going i'm going to play with you like molds of clay oh you little person i'm going to ask you this question and like that's his relationship with the world around him and that's inspiring to me because so often i let the world dictate me this direction right where i'm like oh what is that person thinking of me what is that person thinking of me? oh i should and he's living this way and oh my god i can feel the difference in my body and i'm like i want more of that right where yes. i'm playing with the world like <laughs> yeah and I, and I love it, that that's such a hard mindset to take on but like you're right like i want more of that and that for for so long in in, in human history 
the only thing we'd be worried about is like our, our food, like, you know, hunting and gathering and stuff, you know, but then when, when agricultural came around, that's when you start seeing differences. Um, you had the priest class that emerged from that. You had the artisan class that emerged from that. You start seeing pottery thing in archeology, span they call it site furniture, you know, where things weren't movable anymore. They, it was stationary. And we're at a point in, in human evolution where people, I, I saw um, the drummer for Red Hot Chili Peppers, like listening to a song without the drums and then making his own things. And we get to become experts in things that are not needed for like, we become experts in social media. You know, we can devote <laughs> our lives to that. We can devote our lives to experiencing like plants and medicines that open our consciousness more. Yeah. It's such an yeah. amazing time where, where we get to, I, I think have more connection, have, have more ability to, to dictate our own fate than, than, than we ever have in, in human history. Yeah. And we have time to play with our consciousness because we're yeah. not running away from the tiger, right? We don't have to go gather food all day. And that's really cool. Yeah. And they they found on studies they've done with with modern day hunter gatherers, um, there is far less mental health issues um, than than there is. And in fact, the more you get into an industrialized nation, the more oh, first world, you know, like the the more you see mental health issues crop up. Yeah, yeah. Good stuff. Well, what I want to do another one. I want to get like one of the weird ones. Um. Oh, all right. <laughs> White holes. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know as much about that. I know you've talked about them on our shows before, so you go first and just explain what they are and kind of give a little. All right. So, so from what I understand, I've I had never heard of these things until um I would say about a year ago. And then they're they're fascinating. It's a theoretical object. Um, it's sort of like the the other side of a black hole. So a, a black hole sucks everything into a point of singularity, and nothing can escape it. Um, and a white hole, nothing can enter it. It starts from a point of singularity, mm. um, and and everything escapes it. So everything comes from from these. So the theory is is that. The, the Big Bang was was a white hole, was a, a point of singularity that then all the elements of life, like, you know, in the universe escaped from. That's beautiful. I love it. It's like a bouquet of flowers, right? Like, ding, and then everything comes. That's really nice. Yeah, like from from nothing. Yeah, and 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 the thing that fascinated me with it was was we try to escape our past. We try to you know, escape our fears. And it's like a black hole. We try to claw our way out. We, we can't, it's impossible, yeah. you know, but if we turn and we face it, we move towards that singularity yeah. and then past it, every life opens up on the other side. And I, there was a quote from Will Smith's grandmother. Um, and I heard this before you got in all that trouble, but, um, <laughs> And and I forget exactly how it goes, but there's beauty on the uh, on the other side of fear. Yeah, you know, so fear can stop us, but it also can, you know, like in Harry Potter, like that black curtain that Sirius fell through, like that can be that's fear. Yep. It can blind us to the to the uh, to the beauty of life on the other side of it. 
Yeah. And I think it's interesting when you hear people's stories about like doing psychedelic therapy, they all come to a point of death. Yeah. And then on the other side, a burst of light or knowledge or shifting, right? But the terror of dying, like DMT, mushrooms, like that is universal in those experiences. And I think that tells us something, right? The fact that not just one person experiences that, but everybody experiences that. I think that tells us that we need to that ego death to like yeah. get on the other side of it. And if you if you don't do it through drugs, then you do it through therapy or whatever else. But like turning all the way in, that's how you get to the big prism of light on the other side. The fact that, and I, I don't know much about the like OCD and stuff like that, but um, the fact that 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 guy in that episode, he kept falling, so he had that vision of of his friend falling off the cliff and he fell with, with, with him. And when his friend hit the ground and died, he kept going yep. um, to the point where getting smaller and smaller until he, he experienced that death. Yep. Um, and then how he experienced himself as that tree growing and saw himself with his wife and kids. And, and when he, when he came out of that experience, he wasn't dealing with his OCT anymore. It was, I, I was just like, oh my God. I loved that story. And I thought that that man was so well-spoken about the experience of, he. I mean, he's describing his OCD, but I would say it's the same for anxiety or PTSD or, or fear where it's like, shh, like this loud static in your brain. And you're trying to live life through the static and it's really hard. And then just like getting rid of the static. Yeah, yeah, the visuals that he he created um, were so easy to follow and to understand and be like, oh yeah, I can, I can, you know, even when you're not when you're not dealing with that, you yeah, know? that was pretty cool. Yeah, that was super awesome. Hmm. Want to do another one? Uh, yeah, is it? Do you want me to pull or you want to pull? Uh you're calm, man. All right, hold on. I'll see what I. Where, have. where do you want to go? Like, what was the craziest one that you wrote that you thought of? Uh, I don't know. Oh, <laughs> the world in fifty years. That was not like a single word, but like the concept of like, what do you think is actually going to happen between like humans and AI and like climate change and like, okay, where is this planet going to be in like fifty or hundred years? <laughs> Your whole <laughs> uh. <a> question. <laughs> Yeah, I almost have like two, the world run by assholes, the world run by people that actually like care. Um, and I, I, I'm not, I'm not, I don't pick one political party or over the next. I think they're all bunch of assholes, but um, the world I think is going to be fine. I think like we're the ones that are going to be screwed. <laughs> um, and I, I think, I think it really depends on the state of consciousness of, of the whole, like one of the things I love that comes out of all the research and consciousness is that they've, they've seen, and they've, they've been able to study and show like, you know, what is it like one, if 1% is of a population is focusing on, on oh, good yeah. things, you know, and this is stuff like too, that is coming out of physicists, you know, like from Caltech, 
yeah. Nobel Prize winners, you know, yeah. that when they were younger did did studies in consciousness and and these types of drugs too. Um, and I'm 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 very hopeful because of this resurgence of of consciousness, and that's why I, I truly believe the next evolution, um, of of uh, for humanity will be one of one of consciousness. Um, and and with AI, I think if I think the worry of AI is going to realize that we're the biggest danger to our own existence. I mean, I think that's true. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I would say that's true as well. Yeah. I think that that's possible. I also find it interesting because I feel like climate change is happening and I believe in climate change. Right. And then the technology to counter that, right? Like, um, you know, growing our own food or like in a laboratory, like how they can make beef in a lab now, right? So there's like ways to like combat that. And it's like a race, which one's gonna go, go right? Like, are we gonna have all this technology to feed mass people by the time that our planet isn't, like the sun's too hot to farm? I don't know which one's going to win. That's a crazy race that's happening right now. <laughs> that's how I see it. <laughs> yeah, there, there's an incredible uh, docu-series from National Geographic called um, Year One Million, um, where it explores what's going to be happening like in the few 100 years, 1,000 years, 100,000 years into the future. Um, and it gets into like basically uploading our consciousness Right. Um, creating this thing called a Dyson sphere that this blows my mind. Like we would need to literally mine away planets in order to build this thing that would surround the sun and, like, and, and everything, the rest of our solar system so that we can use all the power from, from the sun. And, and yeah, it's some weird stuff, man. It's pretty cool. But the one thing that it, it misses is, transitioning into these different um ways of living so yes. that we can live more in harmony with the planet instead of pulling from it because we basically you know are tapped out um there's people that's how they make their living and to just like forget them and 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 because i think there's a, a a tendency to demonize the people within the industry mm. You know, but that's how they make their living. That's how they care for their their families and their children. Yeah. You know, so there has to be, they have to be taken care of. Yeah. Yeah. I am a huge fan of like a universal basic income where everybody gets yeah. enough money to like have a food and shelter. There's more than enough resources on this planet that every person can have that. And we don't have, and then be rich beyond that, right? Like, we're at a time right now in history where there are more than enough resources for everyone. So let's yeah. just make sure that people have a basic standard of living. I, I, for, I, I forgot who said this and, and uh, yeah, so people want to like bash me for this, but this will be one of the beliefs people are like, Oh, you, you know, you crit whatever, but like he was talking about how we have a minimum wage, you know, what, what would the world look like if we had a maximum wage? Yeah. The amount of, of riches that would be opened up to the world and still like these people can live better than 99% of the rest of the world, but, yeah. but just, you know, 
not, I guess, not have enough money to terraform Mars, you know, right. themselves, you yeah. know, but, we, but, but do that as a planet, like. Yeah. And I think that's the other thing that will have to happen if we're going to survive like the next hundred years is we're going to have to take care of each other. Like, I think that that's the way it's going to have to be. Yeah. Yeah. I can see. And I don't know where I stand with this. I haven't really like spent time thinking about this at all. So I'm sure there's, there's arguments for both sides, but um, the the time of, I think borders is coming to an end, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah it'll be interesting. interesting to see what happens because like capitalism right is like built like this and so it will topple unless it's the system's changed right and i don't know if we can change the system from within like you're saying and like go to more of no borders or like understanding or like if there's going to have to be this dark ages and then that like that's the part when i think about like the world in 50 years i'm like it does there need to be another dark ages for people to get on the other side of what's happening right now or can it transition without a dark area see i'm i'm optimistic i i think it can trans i am i am scared of the transition but i also know that i'm i'm old enough where i, I will probably won't live long enough to to see that but you know as much as like we we crap like on the millennials and the gen z like all these younger generations but they're they're doing some things that are that are right you know and they're coming up and, and bringing to light some issues how income is not you know kept pace with living conditions yep. you know and so and they're walking away from from the nine to five you know um and seeing that the world is evolved to this point where you can i mean what was the skit on snl like living in a van down by the river well now you can make a good living living in a van down by the river you know uh, on social media so that's what i'm hopeful for it and you also see it with um companies seeing that like the younger generations are buying from places that are more um eco-friendly they'll you know like or or you know buy buy a pair of shoes for you and we'll donate a pair to to like you know a, a poor community and and they're getting it's sort of like training society like a dog you know so society is starting to see like okay this is where the younger the people with the money that we want this yep. is where they're leaning. So good is going to have to come from that. And I think that that is the power of the people, you know, that has yeah. been forgotten. And that doesn't just mean the people in the U.S., but the global people. Yeah, I love that. And I agree with you. And I think that, how do I say this? Like when it all narrows down to me, right? Like, do I recycle? Am I doing this? Am I supporting businesses that buy another, right? Or am I supporting, like, we don't shop at Walmart because they don't treat their employees well, right? Like that kind of thing. Like, are you making decisions with your time and your money that is going to make the world a better place? And I think that's a real conversation that everybody needs to have internally <laughs> because it means less conveniences for you. Yes. And this brought me down like a dark path um, when I started like thinking about this. the. How the society that we live in almost forces us to take part in violence. Um, we all have a smartphone. Yep. You know, I mean, we're talking across the country. So, the, like the technology that we have right in front of us that is so cost effective for us 
but but this technology was brought to us on the backs of like children yes you know how we're almost like forced to take part in this in this cultural violence like it's and then with the way my mind where i'm like so you know what's the point you know that's where like that like thing of like i don't know what to do yeah yeah with technology i'm a big i don't know there's other smaller things like you know we usually buy like a whole cow from our local rancher or a half a pig we should right like there are choices i can make in my life that contribute to the world i want more of a kinder world to animals and people but technology is this big one that i don't know because i don't know how to make a difference when you know something that's made in china and or on the backs of children it's very hard to understand yeah yeah but i I think it's that like like you were saying like the choices that we make like uh, it's one of the things that we just learn about like you know going to i've never thought we we live i mean in connecticut it's not a a lot of farming it used to be you know but um still all around us there's there's like little private farms and everything and i never thought of buying meat from them um and even like locally grown stuff you know because it's always like going to the grocery store that that's where you get your food right and and as i was driving by one that i I drive by on like i don't know how many times but i never noticed the sign like beef you know corn all this stuff you know so yeah it's it's there and and it's better too yes you know they're providing a living for a real human Yes. Like not some big mass company that has a thousand cow factories or right. Like it's you and that other person having that exchange. They raise that cow. Like there's a lot of honesty to it. Yeah. Yeah. Like going back, like you always see the movies of, um, you know, from old old days, you know, um, and, and being grateful, you know, almost like saying a prayer, like, um, especially with the indigenous cultures, like, um, thanking the spirit of the animal and then using it all you know like and that's one of the things i think with industrialization it kind of kind of brought a um it demeaned life you know we we end up looking down on life you know where it's it's one of the things that that changed as i started really making gratitude a part of um a big part of my life like I hate spiders. Spiders scare the shit out of me. Um, I was bit once by a brown recluse and like, like it was not good. Like I almost needed surgery. Um, but now like there'll be a spider or something and, and I'll, I'll like, it'll spend, and especially when I'm on this medicine, I spent probably about an hour uh, once in the woods with a jumping spider. He just came up on my finger and I would put it towards the ground. It would not come off. So I was just hanging out, talking and thing, you know, it was like such a cool thing. So yeah, it opens up like life is precious. Yeah. I think that's perfect. Cause it wraps around to what we were talking about when I was sharing my sports fan husband, like letting things just be what they are, letting the spider just be what it is, letting your spouse just be who they are. Right. There's yeah. like beauty in that. There's a lady on TikTok that has like a jumping spider um, and the account was all about this thing. And it was, I was like, you fall in love with it. You know, there was another one where a lady found a bumblebee that had one wing ripped off and she built like a terrarium for the thing. And, and it would 
come up on her face. Like you, it loved her. You know what I mean? Like not, not in this, but I don't know how to even explain that, you know, but it was incredible. Life is, life is precious. Um, yeah, yeah. When my, when my son was younger, he got a ferret. So you're like a weasel, right? And that weasel had the sweetest personality and she loved to be snuggled and she loved to play and we trained her to roll over. And like, it really made a big impact on me because if this weasel can like being pet just right there, isn't all of life like that? Like how precious all of that is. And yeah, it's, I don't eat much meat, but in general, I have kind of a, I'm on the edge of like having a hard time with eating some animals because I, I just love life so much. And yeah, I understand that discussion, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. That's another tough one. Yeah. Cause, cause I, I mean, my grandmother, um, she, she was like the crazy animal lady, the crazy cat lady, but they were all strays that came to her and found safety. And that, I think that's the thing that I loved about her was that animals knew she was safe. Um, she had a dog named Lance that was, that was abused and, and just wandered into her house, like into her and she fed it. And then it stayed, it never left. And um, before she, she ended up uh, passing from cancer and before her diagnosis and everything, she had a skunk that at night would come from across the street, would cross the road. She lived like on this corner and she would just sit out on her, on her back porch and the skunk would come and she would pet it and, and feed it and everything. And I'm like, that, that is, that to me is like amazing. So, and then eating the animal, you know what I mean? Like that, that's, that's a hard thing. Um, and I think the tendency too is, is to just sort of not think about it. Yep. That's what we do with stuff that are uncomfortable truths. Yeah. 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 And that's what I think like this medicine does for people. It's like, here's your uncomfortable truth. Take a big look at it. Right. And that's why it's so powerful because looking at uncomfortable truths is what it's all about. Yeah. And I, and I love the fact that like in that show, I was talking about how they thought like psilocybin was found in only in this one place in Mexico. And then what happened to that place was devastating, yeah. especially to, to the woman, uh, Maria Sabina, um, where she, like her, her, her village or people, because of the destruction that came from everybody wanting this. Um, but then they found it ev everywhere, you know? And and I even saw on a, on a different show, there was a rancher and he's like a devout Christian. And it's it's kind of funny, but like, I mean, his, his life is dictated by running kids off that are picking through the cow shit to get these mushrooms. And so like, he goes through his his uh his pastures and all of his land spends hours destroying all these mushrooms that just that just grow you know because they connect you with the devil right right yeah that's hard to fathom that life right oh. like that person that's so afraid that they have to go out and keep other people from doing something that was one of the things that kind of brought me out of church was how small that God actually is. Yes. You know, a God that created the universe in seven days that was killed and rose again. 
but now is powerlessness to stop a mushroom from growing. So you have to make that your, your right. life. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. You know, one thing that really annoys me <laughs> is, um, like when a sports person gets a touchdown or something, and then they're all like, like God did that. Like God just made me get the touchdown or something. You see, like, <laughs> yes. like that's so fucking like arrogant that there's like people starving, praying for food for their kids. And you're all, God gave me the touchdown, dude. You're like, that's fucked up, man. Like, totally. Yeah. I mean, just like, like, human, like, television. <laughs> like, yeah, human trafficking going on and stuff like that. But God's like, all right, you guys, wait, wait, wait. Tom Brady's about to throw a pass. I, I got to put all my focus on this. Right. Like, I find that so offensive. And I never tell people that because everybody else is all like, oh, we love God. Right. Like, feeling good about it. And I'm like, that's messed up, man. Yeah. I, I remember. Um, so, because I went to a Christian school and, and I was shocked finding out that Columbus was not a good Christian guy and that um, Benjamin Franklin, I mean, oh my God, like, I mean, you learn how close to God he was and that's why God blessed him with this intelligence. And then he's over in France, you know, sleeping with all these different women and stuff, like finding out that, that like the history books were, were, I mean, our, our, our actual history is fictional you know, coming from that lens. Yes. And I think that's like another cool rabbit hole to go down is like how our news and our history and all this stuff forms what we think we know of the world. Right. But it's totally manipulated. I oh. love the fact that like the Spanish flu, right? Like the flu of what, 1914, like that didn't start in Spain. Like the newspapers made people think it did. And now a hundred years later, everybody just thinks that that's the truth, right? And that's like something relatively recent that we have like data that that's not true, but we all just believe the propaganda because it's what we believe. It's yeah, even like th what blew my mind because I, I had, I, I was almost forced into researching marijuana because um, my wife was, I mean, completely against it. And I kept hearing things and seeing stories of veterans that were, um, moving past the the PTSD with with this beautiful plant, and um, cannabis was so well known, they had to come up with a new word to demonize it. And since it came, um, it kind of came into the country from, in two places. One was from Mexico during like the Mexican Revolution, where refugees would come in across the border into Texas, and so. Um, so they called it, that's why marijuana is kind of like has this Mexican sounding name, but it was a completely made up name by, by an outright racist. I mean, you can Google Henry Anslinger and, and just see some of the things that he said and the laws that, that he wrote or however all that works, but those are still what's on, on the books today. Yeah. You know, that's 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 rough man you know um but it was all it was all coordinated by through through the newspapers yeah i have a lot of teachers in my life because my husband's a teacher and teachers that like teach social studies right now they're like they're up against a hard wall because you have half the students in your class thinking that you're like 
the worst person ever. And they're going to turn you in for teaching that our forefathers had slaves. And then you have half the population going, no, this is the truth. No, this is the truth. And they're just like stuck in the middle teachers right now. And it's a crazy job for them to be in as we talk about how we're going to talk about our history and the school system, like that that's on the, you know, people are voting on that. Yeah, I that I, I never understood greatness, whatever, like should be a thing that's always on the horizon. Like you never get to the horizon. Right. So we can grow and we can expand and 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 it's still out there, you know, yeah. and it's still that that compass point to move towards. Um I, I love like this country, but, but I don't understand. I mean, to me, there's more strength in seeing what we've done wrong, yep. fixing that, you know? Um, and I think it's a dangerous story to tell that, oh, well, these men were men of God, or these were women of God and they were perfect and they didn't. And then that makes you feel like, oh shit, like what's me having all these thoughts and weird desires or whatever right like it, it's hard to wrestle that and it's so much healthier if we go hey, here is this person in light and darkness and light and darkness and then you go oh look i'm light and dark too right like you need to see that reflected in a society that has healthy mental health yeah i i remember reading this book um and it was it was from a, a christian historian it was back when i was in church and and the book ended up getting uh banned from from our church because it was uh so un-american but it, it and it, and the crazy thing is it, it wasn't like but like he he said things like you know like the idea that america was founded on on um uh religious freedom and and it, it wasn't like there were baptist preachers that were put in prison for preaching a different denominational teaching than than the puritans you know and then the fact that america was founded no no it wasn't like it was already found when, when yes. we got here. you know <laughs> what i mean yep yeah even if it's at its base level that story that we know is messed up and it needs and to i think i think they just found footprints fossilized footprints that put um people on this land a lot uh, in, in, in the distant past, like beyond what they thought. Yes, I saw that. And I was like, ooh, another article to read and like nerd out about it. I haven't read it yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That That's why I love, I love ancient history so much. Cause like, I, I got to do this thing when I was in school, um, uh, an arche uh, over the summer it was an archeological uh, field school. Oh, and, and I'm thinking- yeah, Connecticut, like what's here, like whatever, you know, but we went to a site that was 3000 years old where there is a, a stone bowl that was three quarters of the way broken out of this um, uh, soapstone quarry um, where where these people lived. And and then all of a sudden, like they just all disappeared. It was just, you know, gone. And, and my part was digging out this stone that was a, a core for all of these stone tools. So they would flake off this from this gigantic stone. And, and um, this was probably a little while after I had my hip replacement and then I started gaining weight and my back was all messed up, but I hiked that stone out and it was, it was big. It probably weighed like 50 pounds, but I was like, I did it once when I was 20 with a rucksack. Like I was proud, like to hike that thing out 
um, so that we can bring it back to the lab and, and kind of study it and stuff. Um, yeah. Knowing that 3,000 years ago, someone touched that and then it was buried. And then yeah. 3,000 years later, I'm touching it. Like that connection to the past is, I don't know. I just, I love that, man. Yes, I love that. And I'm going to back up a couple of steps to kind of frame my story up. Like, I believe that each of us, it's like a tree and we have these versions of ourselves that could have been, but they weren't, right? And it's one of my favorite questions to ask people is like, tell me about their version of you that didn't happen because there's juice in there, right? You learn about people. But for me, becoming an archaeologist was one of those things. Like I wanted to do it as a little girl. I loved it. I was inspired by it. But then, you know, I experienced homelessness and I didn't have any parent support and I never went to college, right? Like my life didn't set me up to be able to pursue that path. But there's a, there's a Mindy out there in some other like alternate world who had a little bit more support, who was able to go to school, who became a world renowned archeologist, right? Like that's my little person. <laughs> yeah. And, and there's, there's, there's so many theories, like the, like the multi, like the worlds, or I don't know what they call it, but, but like every, every decision we make, you know, um, so on, on the quantum world, like everything is, so whatever I want for breakfast this morning, you know, like everything that is available to me in the quantum world is, true and then it's when i reach for the the freaking pop tarts like all these other realities collapse but there's all these theories too that there, there's other like universes where i chose that other thing you know so there very well could be another universe out there where where you're like indiana mindy man like i, I love that dude yeah, I love thinking about that too. There was a great show in the 90s. I think it only lasted three seasons where they could hop between the different realities. I'll have to look it up because- Oh, the, the Quantum Leap? No, it wasn't that. Um, I'll look it up and post it, but I love that idea of like different yeah. versions of, yeah. My husband has a beautiful one because he's a big sports guy and he grew up with a single mom, but he- he feels like he could have been like a, a major league baseball player, like if he would have had the right support, right? And he played way well into his adult years. And so there's a version of him out there that's like made it to the big league, that's playing baseball. And I love to see that in him, right? And I think as we yeah. get to know our friends and our spouses, we get to see all those maybes in this person. And that's what becomes this like beautiful experience of loving them. And I, I love, I love the analogy of like the tree with like the branches that go off because like, to me, when, when you think back at a lot of times we judge, you know, for what could have been and so much of our suffering comes from, from judging ourselves for what could, what could have been instead of just looking at it like, wow, that, that could have been amazing. So almost like, like putting your focus and dreaming and the potential that was, yes but also being grateful for what is. Yes. Yeah. When I work with my clients on this, I, I use the language. Let's go back for a piece of that. Like, let's go yeah. back to a piece of that, right? That a piece of you is lost somewhere in some version of you that could have been or dream or something like, let's go retrieve it and meld it into the now. And that's how you become more and more powerful in the now I think, and like reach your goals and all that stuff is retrieving all that stuff that you left behind and finding a way to integrate it. 
yeah, it's not lost. No. Right. Just like I said, I mean, I'm Indiana Mindy and it's part of this experience, even if it's just a shadow, the shade of it, right? It's still part of who I am and it makes me more multidimensional, right? Yeah. And that's why I love like having the mindset of like a 12 year old. Cause like the poop jokes and the fart jokes, those are hysterical. But do you ever remember, do you ever like do anything like when you were a kid, like where you're, you try to step on your shadow or something, you, but like my shadow used to always fascinate me, you know what I mean? And, and I think even now, like, I feel like sometimes even like the whole Peter Pan story, like I wish sometimes I could be more of my shadow, you know, cause my shadow would be long. It would be massive. It could also be small, like disappear. You know what I mean? Like it was, it could do whatever it wanted to do, but also be as safe as possible. Like nothing can hurt it, you know? Yeah. I love my shadow. So I relate to what you're saying. I was just in the park last week and the sun was rising. So my shadow was really long and I was all like doing weird things with it. Cause you know, when your shadow stretches so, and it was so fun to see myself so big casting this huge shadow, right? It was awesome. I had so much fun with my shadow. Yeah. I, I love shadows. I, I, I believe I saw a video that made me, I was thinking about this all last night. Um, and it was by this, this, uh, woman, I think her name is Gootsy girl, like G O O T Z I E girl. She's one of the most, like, I mean, the light that comes from her is, is just amazing. Um, I would say like everybody that listens needs to follow. She is just an amazing person. I forget exactly what the video was, but it made me think like, oh, she was talking about fear and 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 darkness is always kind of associated with fear. But, you know, and especially out towards like where, where you live, like in the, because like there's more desert around you, right? Yeah. Um, like that's where you can see an arm of the Milky Way of our galaxy, you know, like in Connecticut, like I'm lucky if I can look up, I, I, I remember being able to see the Big Dipper um, and the Little Dipper, but you can't see them anymore. The light pollution wow is so bad like i'm lucky if there's like five stars that are visible um i it, i can't i hate it so much yeah, um, we actually have like active organizations like night sky organizations like keeping darkness because oregon's a real hippie place and yeah i mean we have incredible night skies I yeah imagine not having that and it just made me like realize like there's so much beauty in the darkness you know, um, it, it, it opens up. It's just another way to see. It's not something to, to fear. Um, and, yeah. and looking back, going through those moments suck. Yeah. But looking back, there's beauty in it. Yeah. Um, have you ever heard that humans a long time ago used to have two sleeps? So they'd go to sleep and then they'd wake up yes. in the middle of the night and be awake in darkness for an hour or two and then go back to sleep. Yeah. I love that. I told my husband, I was like, I want to start doing that. Like two hours in the middle of the night where I'm just in the darkness, dealing with whatever, thinking whatever. And then I go back to sleep. Like to me, that sounds so beautiful. Having oh my God. Yeah. I think, I think I read a book on, on John Adams once and um, it talked about that. Like he would go out and like, they would even go and talk with their neighbors, but they would just walk their land. Like yep. that would be so cool just to go out in the middle of the night one two in the morning whatever yep. and just walk around yep 
but yeah, do that now, man. Police are going to be coming. <laughs> know, right? Yeah. My dream is to someday, you know, own like 10 acres or something so that I can have property with which to like expand and do things like that. Yeah. Yeah. I, try, I, I, I've done this once, but like I did it, um, this was a couple of weeks ago and I'm like, this needs to be a habit, but before like moving into the fall, it's getting cold. Um, but I, I took a walk at night because um, Sandy, she's up at like four in the morning, like working out and everything. And I, I just, that's against my religion that, that early. So um, she goes to bed, like, you know, eight, eight thirty nine o'clock. She's like, she's just passing out. So uh, I, I'll go out for a walk. And I went to our backyard and just sat, took my shoes off, you know, just feeling the grass and everything and and spent time meditating. And that was like the coolest experience you know, um, just sitting out there in the dark and, and listening to nature. Yes. Um, just amazing. Yeah. I find like capturing those moments when clients come to me, that's the work that we do because most people are so wound up in their lives. They don't do things like that. And so it's like, okay, your homework this week is to take your shoes off in the grass and walk around the grass and just be present with the grass and how it feels between your toes and whatever memories it brings up, right? Like, and I give, go out and look at the starry sky, right? Like those are the kinds of assignments that a lot of my clients have from me as their coach, because they need to become grounded in the now and the beauty of being alive and here and those moments instead of just right rushing through this world yeah and I, I to me like the most beautiful thing of it is there's always that resistance like i can't do that because i'm going through this so there's that survival mechanism that that kicks in which is natural but the people that develop this stuff live through things they developed it in the midst of the nightmare what they were living. I mean, Victor Frankl living through the Holocaust, Edith Egger living through the Holocaust, you know, um, coming up with this thing, there's no hierarchy to suffering. Yeah. You know, Edith Egger has this beautiful story in her book, Choices, where she was dealing with um, a client. Um, she was a psychologist at this time. So she was like in her sixties, but with a woman whose daughter was dying in the hospital. And then her next client, came in and and this woman you know woman like was sobbing through the whole thing dealing with all that the next client that came in was also sobbing uncontrollably and, and in, in such turmoil because her husband bought her a yellow cadillac instead of a, a red one like she wanted and and i was i hated this lady i was like this entitled piece of shit you, you know what i mean and and all this stuff even though i i have like I mean, people can look at my life and see all the entitlements and everything, but she, she said, and here's this Holocaust survivor. And she's like, but I know that is not the, the, the cause of her suffering. You know, it's caused by something and it is just as massive for her yes. as, as this woman who's dying. And like in Victor Frankl talking about how suffering is like the nature of gas. Mm -hmm. You can put gas in any size container and, and it will it will end up taking over that entire container. Yeah, that's such a great description. That's so fascinating. Yeah, so no matter what the circumstances that we're in, we can still achieve peace and joy in life. Yeah. You know, um, 
because the people that develop these systems and these strategies, they they did so in their nightmares and not in their in their you know dreams. Yeah, and I kind of feel like you're a rebellious warrior if you're choosing to live outside of that, right? If you're taking your own mind outside of society and you know what they outside of the matrix, there's a very rebel sort of feeling about it that I like. Yeah, which do fits me like perfectly because I'm too afraid to actually be a rebel. So, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like back in the days where like people were going to prison for hallucinogenics and stuff. I'm like, yeah, totally. no, you know, even um, my my cousin once who's also a veteran, we were talking like, you know, was it Nathan Hales? Like, I regret I have like one life to live. And I'm like, no, no, I don't want to give my life up. For my, no, I'm good. I'd rather be alive. I'm, I'm just. I'm a coward. I'm cool with that. <laughs> you know what I mean? But I can get behind like the whole like mental rebel thing. Like that's my comfort zone right there. <laughs> totally. I can totally relate to that because I am exactly the same way. Like I'm attracted to that personality in films and books. And like, I, there's obviously like a resonance of rebel inside of me, but like with my introvertedness or whatever else is happening to make this Mindy, that's not how it's going to play out <laughs> in this lifetime. Yeah. Right. But when I think about this one way, right, that's safe, like you said, then I get to like really get into my little inner rebel, rebel spirit. And I like that. Yeah. Yeah. I remember when uh, Rocky first Rocky came out and I was like, I'm going to be a boxer. Yeah. Hit, And I was like, screw that. (laughs) But it's that same spirit, right? Like you can still have the boxer spirit. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's the thing that's the spirit is what, what I always, uh, kind of align with um and then and it's, it's actually a part of my my whole like growth in this is is being cool because like you know they say like you never ride the fence never be and i'm like dude that is the sweet spot in between all this bullshit you know what i mean like that is the sweet spot man i like that that idea that sort of like wisdom seeps in through the cracks right it's like the cracks yeah. of things that actually where the juice is and the knowledge and the wisdom and the insights and yeah like even the east african rift valley like where the earth is literally pulling apart yeah. and, and earth and life is just exploding from that yeah. you know and the planet is remaking itself like that so like becoming okay with that that i don't have to pick a side i can just be and seek, you know, instead of believe anything. I love that that so much. So I think this was a huge success. And I think maybe we should try it live next time if we can figure out how to go live. Yeah, definitely, man. Yeah, this was so much fun. Um, I don't don't even know. I've forgotten why I was so nervous, like prior to that, because I I went with um, four grams. um, But it wasn't, I can almost think like I'd double that next time, <laughs> go to eight grams and like, yeah, you know, see what happens when the walls are melting. Right. But you can be surprisingly functional even when the walls are melting. Right. I think that's a takeaway. Um, and then, yeah, it certainly would be fun to play with what if people were commenting or asking questions or something like in this space, that would be super beautiful. Right. Oh yeah. Yeah. Instead of like, you know, picking words from a hat, like just have, having like, you know, people be able to like comment and stuff and talk about it, That would be pretty freaking cool. Yeah, or join in a conversation or right. Like, so let's try to like 
build that as our next experience. And maybe no one will show up on our first live and maybe on our 10th live, there'll be one for like, we don't know, but that doesn't matter. What matters yeah, is yeah. entering that space, right? Of possibility. Yeah. I'll even, I'll see if I can pay Sandy and some of her friends to like join. Well, that's a good idea. We could ask people to join in just because that would help us, you know, figure out the platform and how it, the whole thing would work. So yeah, like Michael idea. Scott, right? When when he came in, he was, uh, what was his name from uh, Mykonos from Greece? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that'd be awesome. So um, let's plan that for next time. That sounds good, man. This this was so, I feel so comfortable. Like yeah. I think even more so than, than normal, you know? Yeah, I was, I think we should repeat this for sure um, yeah. and play around with it because I felt like it was really comfortable now I think what'll happen is when I edit, I'll go, oh, is that really as great as I thought it was? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do that all the time. <laughs> and then, then we can make a decision about how to move forward. But right, uh, right. what I find is really interesting about building a business, this is kind of an aside, is that it's playing in this world, like we're playing in right now, talking about ideas and this and that. But then it's also editing and going, oh, I need to step closer to the camera or my face is too, or I need to do. And so it's also very analytical and technical. Yeah. And I'm just having a lot of fun with my business right now because both these spaces are expanding, like, right? Like I have to figure all this stuff out that hurts my brain and it's very technical. But then there's also more and more juiciness with my clients and with you and with deep stuff. And it's kind of neat to see those both blossoming at the same time for me. Yeah, it's funny you say that because like I, I I've struggled with that so much. Even now, like you look very close, like not very close, but you look like like a great distance from the camera. You know, yeah. something I would see like on, on on like a news show if they had someone talking. And then I look at my little box and I'm like all laid back in my chair. I feel like I'm so far away. And, well, and a I lot of people videos too are just in my garage you know because because yeah. I'm, I'm not allowed to smoke in my house so yeah one thing I learned about myself through the process of social media was that I lean forward when I get really excited so yeah when, so when I would sit like this then I'd be all like, like my face would just get huge yeah I'm like okay I gotta start way further back because I like to lean forward yeah yeah yeah, I found I found like for like for me like like darkness and shadow like those are my friends, <laughs> you know. Because I, yeah. I even have a video going up on TikTok today that like is is close up. I'm like nobody wants to see that, <laughs> you know. Like I like the ones where like I'm I'm in the shadows, you know. Yeah, totally. Okay, cool. I'm gonna stop the recording. Thank you for listening to the Chasing Thoughts podcast. Please support us by liking, subscribing or leaving a review or comment, we would really appreciate it. If you'd like to be a guest, we would love to explore life and what it means to be human with you. Please email us at chasingthoughtspodcast at gmail.com.